Thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Chapel Middle School Podcast. Let's head into the service for this week's message. All right, so we are in Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 22. Quick review before we get started. We've been talking through the book of Genesis. We learned how God created the heavens and the earth, how he created mankind. He started with Adam and Eve. But Adam and Eve made a big mistake last week. And they sinned for the first time. They disobeyed God. God said, look, guys, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what did they do? They ate. They ate. Yeah, exactly. They totally ate from the tree knowledge of good and evil. So that happened. And then, and then there were consequences for their sin. Anyone want to raise their hand? What were some of the consequences for their sins? Yeah? What, what? Yeah, sin entered the world through, like, murder and stuff. That's good. What, are, what were some of the consequences of their sin? Yeah? Eve, it would be very painful to birth children. Definitely a consequence. Going to hurt. Yes? What was that? Yeah, disease entered the world and hardships. What else? Yeah, Adam had a hard time laboring in the fields, and it would be, he'd have to work by the sweat of his brow. Yeah? What was that? You could have just been like, death. Correct, that's right. Death entered the world because of sin. That was a consequence. So sin had all these consequences that came about with it. And it included separation from God. And Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. God said, look, guys, I am perfect. And now you guys are sinful. And there has to be this separation. But one day, I will bring us back together in a perfect relationship. That's what we talked about last week, the consequences of sin. So after chapter, what was that? After chapter 3, a few things can take place. If you want to read chapter 4 and 5, you can. Chapter 4 is the story of Cain and Abel. You guys can read that on your own. Story of brotherly love or brotherly beating each other up. So read that story. It's a good one. Also, if you want to read chapter 5, there's a bunch of names of a bunch of people. Because Adam and Eve had a bunch of kids. And you can read in chapter 5 some of the names of their descendants. Now as you're reading... You'll notice that some of them lived to be 700, 800 years old. I know, some of you are like, what? I know, right? Before the flood, which we're going to talk about today, before the flood, people lived a lot longer. But after the flood, the atmospheric conditions of the earth changed, and God had it so people lived a lot less. And you saw the ages kind of decrease of how long people lived. But back then, they lived a long time. So at the place of this story in chapter 6... The earth has been populated by Adam and Eve's children. It's grown in size, and they have multiplied. So we're going to learn today about one of everyone's favorite Bible stories, Noah and the Ark. All right, here we go. Here we go. Chapter 6, verse 9 through 22. Read along with me. says this, This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. Blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shen, Ham, and Jopheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth were corrupt in their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people from the earth, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make room in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This, um, this is how you are to make it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. 
make a roof for it and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door on the side of the ark and make a lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under heaven. Every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wives and your sons' wives with you. And you are to bring into the ark two of every living creature, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you and will be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be, that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for all of them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. All right, let's pray, and then let's get into our study for today. Father God, we, we turn today to a very familiar story, the story of Noah and the ark. And I pray that we take something from it, Lord, that you have to show us this morning. Pray for these kids. Please be with them. Uh, please allow your spirit to just be in this room, God, that you would be present with us now um, as we study and as we go about our day, Lord. Help us to live lives that honor you and glorify you, um, and to live worthy of your son Jesus who died for our sins, Lord. We are so thankful for that gift. God, uh, I pray that you would just allow us to be attentive and focused on what's important. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So have you ever seen someone who just kind of stuck out in a crowd? Maybe you go to a football game and it's a Redskins football game and there's like that one person. There's like the sea of red and there's that one person and that blue uniform with a big number nine on his chest for Tony Romo. There's that one person, you're like, oh, cool, Redskins, one cowboy fan. And he's getting, like, batteries thrown at his face at the game. And there's that one person, they just stand out in a crowd. Or maybe I'm thinking of the example of my sister. They had a spirit day at her school for Loudoun County High School. And everyone was supposed to wear white. It was a whiteout. And I was looking through some pictures of the whiteout. And uh, I saw all these kids, you know, they're wearing a white t-shirt or pants or whatnot. They're, like, smiling. And then when you look at the picture, immediately your eyes are drawn to the center at this one person, my sister, who um, is dressed in a white Easter bunny costume. Entirely white, head to toe, white bunny ears. And you're like, oh, look at this cool picture. What in the world? And she sticks out immediately. Like, who is that weirdo? I'm like, that's my sister. She's really cool. Promise. And... Actually, my Easter Bunny costume she borrowed, but beside the point, she stuck out in a crowd. You're like, here's a crowd, that's my sister, right there. Well, Noah stuck out in the world that he lived in. The world that he lived in, the people had become corrupt and evil and broken and sinful and wicked, and they were, it was getting really bad. And it says Noah was a righteous man among them. Now, he was not sinless. He had still sinned. We learn about that later. But Noah was a righteous man among an unrighteous nation, a godly man among an ungodly nation or place or earth. And Noah stuck out among them. Well, God looked to the earth and he saw the wickedness of it, the, the, how every inclination of their heart, every thought, every motive of mankind was evil and was wretched and was wicked. And he saw that and it broke his heart. 
And because God is perfect, he looked at that and said, I cannot allow any longer. I've waited for hundreds of years. I cannot wait any longer for this to continue. I have to wipe the earth clean of this sin and of this wickedness, and I must destroy it. But in God's mercy, he said, but, but I'm going to save a few. Those who are willing, those who will put their faith in me to save them, I will save them. But the rest must perish. You see, there are consequences for sin. There's a consequence for sin. And the world was about to experience the wrath of God and destruction because of their sin. But God decides to go to Noah. And he shows up to Noah. And we don't know if it was in a dream. We don't know if he was speaking verbally. But he came to Noah and he spoke to him. And he goes, Noah, hey, what's up, God? How you doing? Big fan of the whole world you created. Really cool. I love it. Listen. Okay, gotcha. I'm going to destroy the entire earth. A flood is going to come and it's going to wash over the earth and erase the wickedness. And it's going to punish all the sin that is on the earth. But I want you to be saved. And I want anyone who is willing to be saved to be saved. So I want you to build an ark. I want you to build a big boat. A really, really big boat. And on this boat, I want you and your family to go and anyone else who is willing to go with you. But I also want all the animals to go with you to be saved. Two of every kind. I want them to come onto the ark with you and you will be saved from the judgment and the wrath of the flood. And then after that, you will start the world over again. You will start mankind over again. Now, just to get in perspective how big this boat is, it is 45, uh, I'm sorry, not 45, 450 feet long. That's a football field and a half. So if you see a football field, Loudoun County or Heritage High School, it's another half longer than that. It is five stories, about five stories tall. This room about here is maybe two, possibly three stories high. Imagine five stories high, a five-story building, five levels on it. There is enough room in there to fit all 18,000 species which would have existed at this time, that would have been on the ark. And with, if you have 18,000 18, species, and then you have two of each kind, you do some math, which is crazy, I don't like math, you have 36,000 total animals. But the ark is so big that 36,000 animals could have fit in just one-third of the ark. One-third. So people are like, I don't think all the animals could fit on the ark. Well, actually, three times as many that could fit well, I mean, that were on the ark could fit. There's plenty of room on the ark for them to put food and provisions and for them to live. So God tells them, look, I want you to build this huge ark. I want you to build it up, and then I will bring the animals and fill it up. And I want you to be faithful to do this to be saved. And here's the craziest part about this. Noah obeys. He does it. He listens to God, and he begins to build. And believe it or not, it takes him a hundred years to build the ark. A hundred years. I get bored when I'm like, you know, building Legos. It's like, oh, Lego, 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 Lego. And you just kind of walk away. I kind of get bored. I don't know what it is. I just have this thing where I just drop things. He worked for a hundred years building this ark. And he was faithful to God. He said, God, if you say that a flood's coming, and you say that I can only be saved by building this ark, 
I will obey you by faith, and I will do that. And he began to work. And you just got to wonder, what did his neighbors think? Like, what did his neighbors think? Imagine, like, your next-door neighbors are kind of in the backyard, and you hear kind of buzzsaws going, and, like, kind of a, a loose structure's going up. Maybe your dad walks over there and goes, hey, what's going on? Noah, right? Yeah, nice to meet you. So, um, what you building there? Oh, I'm building a huge boat, okay? There's going to be a big flood. It's going to flood all of Leesburg, and I need this boat to survive. Really? Cool. Because there's, there's no water around, actually, anywhere, you know, like... Idly is like a pond, but I don't really think you can fit that boat on the pond. No, no, it's going to flood the whole earth and destroy everything. And if you want, you can come on the boat, but otherwise, sorry, you're going to perish. Your dad would be like, okay, cool. Try and keep it down over here. Crazy. be like, that dude is insane. Are you kidding me? People must have been talking. Like, oh, man, that goes that Noah dude still working on that ark. It's been 50 years and he's still getting at it. Unbelievable. But for a hundred years, he built that ark. And I want us to understand something. Noah was not the only one invited on the ark. The animals were not the only ones invited on the ark. Anyone was invited on the ark with Noah. We know from Second Peter that Noah was called a preacher of righteousness, which means he preached to anyone who would listen. Saying, guys, God is going to destroy the earth. We are wicked. We are messed up. We are broken and sinful. And God's going to destroy everything. But, but we can be saved. We can be saved because God in His mercy has given us a way to be saved on this ark. If we just repent of our sins and go on to this ark, God has made a plan for us to be saved from the consequences of our sin. But after a hundred years of building and a hundred years of speaking, no one joined him on the ark except for his sons, their wives, and his wife. Can you imagine the heartbreak of that? Imagine being one of Noah's sons and all your friends and everyone that you know on the earth knowing, man, they're going to die. Man, they're going to suffer and and, and, and be killed by this flood. Imagine the urgency they pleaded with. Guys, look, you've got to join us on the ark, okay? God's going to destroy everything. I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to die. Please join us on this ark. Please. Imagine Noah speaking to his neighbors, banging on their doors. Guys, look, I know you think I'm crazy, but this is really important, okay? A flood is coming. Everything is going to be destroyed. You have to join us, please. But all of his preaching and their speaking fell on deaf ears. And people cast him aside and said, I don't believe, I don't have faith, that's ridiculous. Well, after a hundred years of building, the time came close, and Noah finished the ark. Imagine how good that must have felt. Like, all right, lower the beam, and nail it down, and done. A hundred years, he must have had this great beard, and been like, yes, and he rips out his beard, like, yes, just joyous that he finished this thing. It's kind of like when you finish that test and you put down your pencil like, what up? Boom. I hope he like dropped the hammer like, boom, drop, I'm done, boom. Just walk away. Like that's awesome. Finish the ark, uh, finishes it, and then God comes to him and says, okay, the time's drawing near. We're going to start the loading process. And two by two, God brings animals to come to the ark. Imagine how cool that would have been to watch lines of animals go up the ark and enter it slowly. I mean, I, I love going to the zoo as much as the next guy, but, 
but every living creature watching them march up the ramp. Moses is like, how you doing, monkeys, zebras, good to see you. Cats. He maybe he didn't like cats, I don't know. Or maybe he didn't like unicorns because they didn't make it on there. I don't know. Maybe like a lion like ate it and he's like, really, dude? That's the last unicorn. Way to go, man. Way to go. It would have been so cool to have unicorns. All right, I'm distracted. But, but it's possible even that maybe God, to you know, help even more with the space, maybe he brought babies onto the ark. Maybe he brought baby animals on there. Imagine a parade of baby animals. All the girls are like, Little kittens are meow. <laughs> little tigers, <laughs> you know, get on there. Maybe an elephant, like, but it's like a little elephant, like, like a little elephant, like, oh, like it's a little elephant. That would have been so cool to watch a parade of the babies. I want to hold the baby right now. Anyway, sorry, I'm just getting off track here. But, but imagine this splendorous display of all these animals going up into the ark to be saved. And Noah himself could not have done all this. He couldn't have predicted the timing. He couldn't have gotten all the animals together. There's no way he could have done it on his own. But, but God in his provision helped it to happen. And all the animals got onto the ark. And then the hour came. The hour of the flood itself. And, and as this hour was coming, God himself, it says, he shut the door to the ark. Must have been a massive door to fit all these animals through the through the ark, but, but God shut the ark and he sealed it to demonstrate, hey, this is my covenant with you. Noah, only by my power can you survive and I'm going to shut this door and seal it to show that I am the one keeping you safe. You're not saving yourself, Noah. By your faith you're being saved, but, but also by my power are you being saved from this flood, Noah. And it was at that time they're in the ark and there must have kind of been this like anxious waiting time, like, okay, so, built the ark, check. Got all the animals in here, check. Now let's really hope it rains. Because it would be really awkward if it didn't rain. I mean, imagine just kind of sitting in there for like maybe years and years and years like, still waiting on that rain. It's going to happen. And his wife's like, oh, shut up, Noah, you're crazy. And they're kind of going back and forth. No, mom. And they're kind of going back and forth. But, but God's promises came true. And when God spoke that it would rain and a flood would come, it came to pass. And it said the the earth broke open and out of it came springs of water and and rain fell from the heavens and the flood began. And it's an amazing demonstration of God's power, but in the same sentence, it's also a terrifying thing. Think of all the people who watched as the earth broke open and the heavens rained down with water. And who in that moment, in that split second, realized, I'm wrong. I banished no one, thought he was crazy, and, and I didn't listen to God, and I didn't obey him, but, but now here come the floodwaters. And they rise up, and everything that was not in that ark, that ark that was sealed by God, that was planned out by God, everything that is not in that ark died. Apart from it, everything died. All the animals of the land, birds of the air, and the people. Now the fish, of course, live, because they live in water, of course. But well, it says it here, it says it. But, but recognize that, that apart from the ark, life could not continue. And for 40 days and for 40 nights it rained, which makes for some amazing VBS songs. I love Noah VBS songs. 
They're so great. We used to sing this one, like, it was like, the guy would sit up with a guitar, and he'd be like, and the rinse rang up, and he'd like sing this awesome thing, and we'd just like scream at him, and the sky grew dark, but they were safe in the ark, and then it rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and rained. 40 days and nights, I'm going to stop singing now. That's why I don't lead VBS, but... I love all the BBS songs that came from Noah, but for 40 days and for 40 nights, they were in the ark with rain pelting down. And then for a year total, they were in the ark. Man, you want to talk about getting seasick? A year in an ark with a bunch of animals get pretty smelly, get pretty nasty, but they survived. God kept them safe. God had sealed them in there with that door and had kept them safe as the earth around them bore his destruction and bore the punishment for their sin. And everything in that ark survived. Well, after a year, the ark landed. It landed in the mountains, which is interesting because as far up as 16,000 feet above sea level on Mount Everest, they found marine life fossils, showing that water at some point was at that level, which is pretty cool. But the ark landed on a mountain, And the waters receded. And the door opened. Now that has to feel good. Like I'm talking like end of summer good. Like the doors open. You throw your papers in the air. Woo! Which no one actually does. Because then you have to pick them up and teachers get angry at you. And you feel like a jerk for throwing papers everywhere. But you want to. You want to just be like, woo! And walk out the door. That had to feel good. The door opens to the ark. You're like, no more animal nastiness in that ark, okay? No more of that. I'm done shoveling it. It's done. Done. So excited. They walk out of that ark, and the babies, maybe now growing a little bit, kind of walk out of the ark, and the world starts over again. The world starts over again, and it's a new world. It has been cleansed, and they begin to have the, you know, the zebras have descendants, have descendants, have descendants, and Adam, not Adam, sorry, Noah, and his wife and, and his three sons, they begin to have children and they repopulate the earth. And they make it new. And to, to kind of summarize this story, if you can. This story is, is Noah, through faith in God's plan, which was the ark, being saved from destruction. If you were to kind of summarize everything that took place, it was Noah, through faith in God, saying, God, I believe what you say being saved from the destruction, the flood that was to come, being saved from his sins through God's salvation, through his plan, which was the ark. He was spared the destruction, and nothing apart from that ark lived. It was just what God had sealed in there and protected. He said, this, these are my people who I have set apart, and they will survive because they, through faith in me and my plan to save them, will be saved. It's an amazing story. And, and as we read it sometimes, you know, here in VBS or, or here at Sunday School, we're like, all right, cool story. You know, I've been hearing it since I was a kid. And, you know, that's interesting. But, but there's a, a purpose behind this story. It's a foreshadow to something else that is coming. It is alluding or it's a, a preview of what is to one day take place, which we have seen take place in our own lives, and in our own world. You see, guys, we are sinful and wicked. Every one of us. In this world that we live in, it's sinful, and it's wicked, and it's bad. 
I mean, it's really bad. You turn on the television, you go to school, you recognize that this world is broken and sinful and wicked and evil. And if you're truly honest with yourself, we are too. Then you might be like, well, Barrett, I'm like one of the good ones, okay? I'm like one of like the top-notch Christian awesomeness, really good kids, okay? I'm like really, I'm like super Christian over here, dude. Okay, I'm a really good Christian. But if you're honest with yourself and you search deep within your heart, there's sin. There's some stuff you like to hide from yourself and from other people about yourself that you're ashamed of and you're embarrassed of. And there's some sin in your life, in everyone's life. And the problem with that is, like we see in Noah's story, God hates sin. And he wants to destroy sin, but we're sinful, so God's going to destroy us? God cannot have any part with sin. He's perfect, but we're sinful? So does that mean we can never go to heaven and be with him forever? Recognize the problem, the the dilemma, the, the issue here. We are sinful. God is perfect. God destroys sin, and we are sinful. We are in need of saving. Because every one of us will die one day. And at that moment, our flood takes place. There is a time where we have to answer for our sin. And we cannot save ourselves. Just like no one on earth apart from the ark could save themselves. There wasn't like some pocket who was hiding in a cave and they lived or, or made a little raft and they lived. No one apart from that ark, apart from God's plan, survived. And we're sinful, and we're evil, and we're broken, and we cannot survive. God is going to punish us for our sin. But there's a plan. But there is hope. But there is a way out. But we have an opportunity to be saved through faith in God's plan for us. And His plan is Jesus. Let's take the same thing and let's just change it around a little bit. And say we through faith in God's salvation, Jesus, can be saved from destruction. Let me explain. God looked at earth and he said it's sinful, it's broken, but I love him. I want to show mercy on him, but I want to give him a choice. God decided rather than just smiting them all and destroying the earth, or rather than just saying, you know what, I forgive them all. He gave us a choice and decision to choose to love Him, to choose to follow Him, to choose to put our faith, to choose, if you will, to get on the ark or to not. And that choice was presented to us through Jesus. God said to His Son, Jesus, Jesus, go to that earth. They cannot save themselves. They are helpless without without you, without us. Go to the earth and save them. And Jesus came to the earth and He stood out. He was different He was a God, the God, walking among men. And people could tell he was different. He healed people who were sick. He spoke words of wisdom that no one could even understand or comprehend. Like, what is going on? He was set apart and different. And he lived a perfect life on earth. And after living a perfect life without anything wrong in his life, He looked at the punishment that was waiting us, the death that we earned by our sin. And he said, 
instead of mankind bearing this destruction and this punishment, I will bear it for them. And he died on a cross for our sin. Let me say that again. He died. God died for us on a cross for our sin, in our place, in atonement of our sin, to cover up our sin. And then three days later, three days later, he came back from the dead. We talked about how only God can give life. Well, Jesus was dead, and then he was made alive to show, hey, I am God, and I have come to this earth. I have beaten death, I have beaten sin, and now I stand as the only way for you to be saved. I am the ark upon which you can find your salvation and in no other way can you be saved. God will seal you in a covenant, in a relationship with me. And apart from that seal, you will perish and die. The choice is yours as it was in Noah's day. Enter the ark or perish. The choice for us today is enter a relationship with Jesus. Through faith in Jesus, be saved or perish. There's no other way to be saved. I'm not trying to scare you, but I want you to understand how dangerous this is. The, the, the urgency of what's going on. What if Noah had gone to people and said, Hey guys, um, if you want, you can come to my ark or not. Well, why? Eh, just if you want to come, it's going to be pretty cool. We're going to be hanging out, a bunch of animals. You should come. You'd be like, wow, that's an evil dude. No, Noah should go to people and say, hey, you are going to die if you don't get on this ark. Everything is going to be destroyed. You should probably get on the ark. That'd be like going to your friend. And maybe he's like in the carpool line and his mom's in the car and he's in the car. And and maybe the car's leaking oil and it's kind of catching fire. And you go up and you're like, hey, you should probably get out of the car. Why? No reason. You should get out. You should run up and be like, guys, get out of the car right now. It's about to explode. You are about to die. You need to get out of here. This is dangerous. Well, in the same way, understand, guys, all of us are going to die. You can ignore that fact, but it's the truth. And what will happen after we die? We will stand before God. And we will, we will have to answer for our sin. And there will be a punishment by God, of all sin and all wickedness, and we are wicked and sinful. We are going to be separated from God forever. Heaven is to be with God forever. Hell is to be eternally separated from God. And without Jesus, that's where we'll be. Again, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to warn you that apart from Jesus, we will perish and die. But there's hope. And that hope is found in a choice that each one of us have. And you must make it for yourself. Your parents cannot make it for you. I can't sit up here and pray for you. You, in your own mind and heart, must make a decision to say, I will get onto the ark. I will follow God in his plan to save me. And through your faith in his plan, will you be saved? And apart from it, you cannot be saved. You won't be saved by trying to be a good person. You won't be saved by any other religion. You are only saved by Jesus and His power to save you. You must make that choice for yourself. Or you will perish. But God in His mercy has provided a way for us to be saved. Might we accept it?
Let's bow our heads. Before I, I pray, I, I want us to keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And I want to give you guys a, an opportunity. Um, an opportunity to make a decision to, to put your faith in Jesus to save you. Now, I, I don't want you to think this is the only opportunity. Um, you don't have to have a pastor up here praying to be saved. You can, you can go home and you can pray to yourself. And you can have faith on your own, but I just want to provide you with an opportunity to accept salvation, to accept Jesus into your life that you might be saved. I'm going to say a prayer, and if you want to pray along with me, I'd love for you to. Um, But recognize that there's nothing magical about these words. What the power comes from, your faith in God and God's power. Believe and you will be saved. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All you need to do is cry out to Him and you will be saved. If you want to today to be saved, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to to enter in that covenant with Him, uh, and and you want to repent of your sin, to recognize you've done wrong, uh, and you want to pray with me today, I'd ask with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed that that you would just raise your hand right now um, that you want to pray. I see you. Thank you. I see you too. Thank you. Thank you. I see you guys. Anybody else? Thank you. I see you guys. All right. I'm going to pray right now. and I want you to pray with me um, and truly believe and have faith. Pray with me now. Father God, I am sinful and I have messed up and I am sorry. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. I believe in Jesus that that he died for my sins and rose from the dead and that he is the only way that I can be saved from my sin. I want to have a relationship with you, Jesus to know you and walk with you. I love you. Thank you for saving me by your grace. Lord, I I pray for those who just prayed with me, who accepted you as their Savior. God, what a joyous thing. What a blessing. For now they can have the assurance that they will be with you in heaven forever and ever. That their sin is forgiven. Not just the sins they have committed, but every sin that they will commit from now till their death is gone and over. And you have now sealed them as you sealed Noah and the ark and protected them from your wrath, God. And will welcome them into your kingdom forever. Thank you for that, Lord. I ask for anyone else who didn't pray today, but, but maybe one day will, that they would recognize that, that they can pray at any time to be with you, Lord. They can make that decision at any place. And might it be one they follow for the rest of their life. Be with these students. Keep them safe. You have sealed them, Lord, and kept them safe, and you will continue to do so. I pray they live lives that honor you and glorify you, and that we might spend eternity in heaven with you forever. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.